Hi there, my name is Jake Miller, and I'm an ed tech integration coach in Ohio, and I'm also the host of the Educational Duct Tape Podcast, and I am a proud member of the EdTech Army. Welcome to the Sons of Technology Clubhouse. Ditch your fear at the door, take a risk, and enjoy the ride with your hosts, Joe Marquez and Kyle Anderson. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Sons of Technology podcast. We are here in the clubhouse, excited to be talking to you once again. But before we do, we're going to go ahead and introduce ourselves to anybody who's listening to the podcast for the first time. So my name is Joe Marquez. I am an educator out of the Central Valley of California. And you can find me in the Twitterverse at Joe Marquez 70. And we would also love for you to follow this podcast on Twitter as well at Sons of Tech EDU. Please drop us a line and let us know how you like this podcast. And as always, here with me, my partner in innovation, Kyle. Kyle, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Once again, Kyle Anderson from beautiful northern Nevada. You can find me on Twitter at Anderson EdTech, Instagram at Anderson EdTech, and my blog, AndersonEdTech.net. And then I am the author of To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking that as of when this is posting, is one week away from release. So that'll be available here very, very soon. So if you want some info on that, you can follow me on any of those social media platforms. And then I also have an Instagram for the book, at to the edge edu. So check those out, and I hope uh, you'll pick a copy of that up. Yeah, and Kyle, super excited about your book. You know, it's been a long process, and you know, you're finally seeing it come to an end. So that is going to be released on on what day, Kyle? When is that book going to be finally hitting Amazon shelves? It is going to be available on March seventh. So this is we are recording and releasing on February 29th, leap day. So one week from today, that'll be available on Amazon and some other places. So we'll do an episode here pretty soon where we talk about where it's available, my process things of that nature, and then we also got a pretty special episode that'll be coming up here in the few weeks, too, because Spring Q's coming up. Yes, absolutely, and, and this is a great segue, because I wanted to be talking about all the different places that you can find Kyle and myself and the Sons of Technology crew, um, so Kyle, would you uh, be able to talk about where they can find you um, at, at uh, you or us at Q? Absolutely, so... Uh, Spring Q in Palm Springs, if you are unaware, is coming up very soon. It is going to be, oh, what's the exact dates there? The 19th through the 21st of March is uh, the dates in Palm Springs at the Palm Springs Convention Center. So it's an absolutely great event every single year. I think this is my fifth year in a row that I've, uh, I will be going to this one. So I'm going to be there on Wednesday night, super late, so won't be doing anything crazy that night, but starting on Thursday, just really diving in, getting into some sessions and whatnot, but you can find us starting on Friday morning. We are going to be recording live episodes of the Sons of Technology podcast. Joe and I, we will be there at 9 a.m. in the foyer of the hotel there, the Renaissance. Uh, there's a area that we'll be recording an episode at. So come by, see us, uh, grab some swag. We'll get you on the podcast during that time. And then at 10 o'clock, right after that, uh, my other podcast, the Beer EDU podcast, we're going to be recording an episode 
there. So unfortunately, Ben, my partner for that show, is not going to be at Q. He is going to be in Hawaii at that time. So yeah, he is taking his wife and his father to Hawaii. So or I think a cruise to a part as part of it as well. So yeah, he's yeah, I, I, I feel really bad for him. <laughs> so um and then later on Friday is the actual Meet the Podcasters event. This is going to be in the exhibit hall amongst all of the vendors that are there. And what this is going to be is an event where there's going to be about a dozen or so podcasts from the Q universe and beyond where you can come in, meet us. You can, um, we can talk to trade a little bit about podcasting, about equipment, about the things that we use to record, how we get our name out there and, and marketing and whatnot. And all of us, we're going to have some swag out there, stickers and different things that you can exchange. So, so come check out the meet the podcasters event there on Friday in the exhibit hall and then I cannot remember exactly when it is off the top of my head right now, but now that I have To The Edge coming out, there is also going to be the Meet The Authors event that I'm going to be at where authors of various books, they'll have books there, have swag like stickers and whatnot. You can come by and meet the author, maybe get a copy of the book, have the book signed if you already have a copy, uh, things of that nature. So I'm really looking forward to that one too. Now, what we'll also be doing is you and I have a session that'll be on Saturday afternoon towards the end of the conference. But Joe, I believe you've got some sessions of your own that you're going to be doing. So why don't you talk a little bit about your sessions before we talk about the one that you and I are doing together? Sure. Yes, absolutely. So during pretty much the entirety of the conference, uh, besides me being on the floor and, and, and talking with everybody and, and then us being on Friday for Meet the Podcasters, I will be in the vendor hall at booth 506 with CDWG. And I'll be doing something called uh, Stump the Strategist or Stump the EdTech MacGyver. So you come by, come by the booth at any time and, and uh, you know, come up with a question or an activity you'd like to do. And we can come up with a great routine and some great uh, technology that can really enhance those lessons. So come, come on over and we'll do some one-on-one -on -one planning at that CDW booth. Um, and also I'll be presenting at the CDW booth. Um, I, I believe it's either Friday or Saturday. It's, it's not quite in the schedule yet, but I'll be presenting on... Um, visual design um, or visual expressions for students. So instead of just writing about a, a project, uh, showcase how they can draw it, showcase how they can bring in visuals, um, utilizing um, slide snaps and John Carippo's um, sketch and tell edge protocol. So we'll be doing that. And then on Saturday, right before we present together, Kyle, uh, from two o'clock to three o'clock, I will be in the Google auditorium. I believe that's like, like Primrose or Smoke Tree. Um, but uh, I will be presenting on amplifying creativity through Google Sites as ePortfolios. So come on over and see how you can utilize Google Sites to really create uh, an immersive experience for students. And then finally, Kyle, at the very end of the conference, the very last thing we're going to be doing together from 3.30 to 4.30, um, we are going to be talking about how you can change the world of your class, of your school, of your district, uh, of your community through social media. So how can you build a brand um, as a school, as a teacher, as a student, as a district to really promote um, what you're for and what you're all about. And so once again, that's at 3.30, and I believe that's in the Renaissance uh, room, is, uh, Renaissance Hotel. Um, so that's going to be a really cool uh, uh, 
session there because we're going to also be recording a live broadcast at that one as well while we're taking questions. So it's going to be really neat. And Kyle, we are going to be trying something new at the conference because we are going to be having audience participations. Um, so we are going to be bringing a brand new microphone with us. We normally um, utilize our, our Yeti microphones, but we're going to be bringing in one called the Catchbox, which is a throwable microphone that we'll be able to toss to our guests and have them um, be able to uh, talk with us on the podcast as well. So that's really exciting for me because I've been wanting to try out this new little toy I've gotten for quite some time. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. It, it, it's going to harken back a little bit to our second episode when we were just starting this thing out. That episode was a, a very similar session. It was about building a brand, but it was the first time that you and I had ever presented together. And it was only the second episode, so we were really green with the with the podcast and our and presenting together. So I I know this one's going to be better. I'm not saying that the last one was bad, <laughs> but I can you know that was over a year ago at this point. So we're de we've definitely come a long way from that second episode of the podcast by Sons of Technology. So and yeah, and that whole branding thing that we're gonna be looking at, just things like you mentioned, social media, and then building graphics you know we have our sons of technology graphic you have your edtech macgyver graphic i have my anderson edtech one for my book i have to the edge graphics so building that brand up and then other things like podcasting and blogging so it's just going to be a fire hose of all sorts of different ways that you your school your students your community can build branding up in order to get your message out because our good friend tom covington he says this one a lot that if you're not telling your story, someone else is, and it's usually not the story you want to have told. Yep. No, no absolutely. And and um, I also know that uh, being able to, you know, meet the students where they're at, right? They're already in social media. They're already creating videos with TikTok. They're already being creators through social media and branding themselves. Why can't they make that a positive branding from an education standpoint. So bringing their world into their classroom, I think is an incredibly important way to create a well-rounded student. And we've talked a lot about this on an episode that we had on social media in the classroom, right? Incredibly important to make sure we bring in what they know uh, into what we know. Well, one other thing that I, I wanna take a moment to mention with Q is one of the great events that they have had now for several years is Leroy's big idea. Uh, it's a it's an event that they have every year where people can apply ahead of time and present an idea and then compete essentially for grants in order to implement this idea. And Jesus Huerta, who's been with us for many episodes, he was the winner of that event last year and received a very sizable grant to implement 3D printing in his district. And he's really taken off with that. And I just want to take a moment to recognize that Corey Coble was accepted for this year. So he's going to be a part of the Leroy's Big Idea event this year. And he has been on the episodes very often with us. And I'm very excited for him. And I'm looking forward to stepping into the room and watching his presentation and the other presentations too, because it's one of those things that they have the four or five people on stage and then they have the vote at the end of who's going to win. And it, it's almost like, can, can I vote for all of them? Can, can every one of them be a winner? So, but uh, best of luck to Corey with his idea and on stage with Leroy's big idea here at Spring Q in a few weeks. 
No, I mean that's that, I mean that's great, and, and I love the idea behind it because it's it's teachers talking about how they're going to better the lives of kids, and it's about teachers voting on which which one is the one that they they love the most, and and like you said, they want to vote for all of them because they're all going to be helping kids, and I, and I do want to say that you know in our Sons of Technology group, you know we have quite a bit of past winners for the Leroy's Big Idea, like Kim Calderon. She won it a few years back as well, and she's a member of our group. And Jesus Huerta, he won it last year. And Corey Coble, he's a member of the EdTech Army. So, you know, it'd be nice he wins it again. We have, you know, three alumni uh, that are, are are winners of that. So, oh, and then also John Carippo, who uh, started the whole thing, he's a member of our group. So we really love here at the EdTech Army at the Sons of Technology, really, really love Leroy's Big Idea and, and uh, are really excited about uh, uh, this year's projects and to see who's going to win. Yeah, I'll say that I applied for it this year, and unfortunately, I was not selected, but I'm going to refine that idea a little bit more and apply for it again next year and and hopefully be one of those that is fortunate enough to be selected for this very prestigious opportunity. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and, and talking about Q, Kyle, I have, I have a question for you. Shoot. Am I weird? Well... You're weird in ways that I like, <laughs> so everybody's a little bit weird. But um, can you can you give me a little more context? Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of us at our school sites, um, we 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 consider ourselves, you know, kind of above the curve or in front of the curve, and kind of doing innovative things, kind of stretching us ourselves to our limits, and and we look around. And a majority, I'm not going to say all of them, but a majority of our fellow educators at our school sites are not doing that. They're just doing their day-to-day, maybe the same stuff they've done year after year. And I always got the feeling that those teachers looked at me as if I was weird because I was doing that. Um, And I felt that way for a very long time. Like I was this lone wolf, like this one person kind of shaking the boat. And, and I was being this weird person. And it, it took me a long time until I found Q and realized that I'm not weird. I just belong to a group of people, a group of innovators who are willing to make these changes and make these differences. And that's what Q is. That's what ISTE does. It kind of brings us out into our tribe and meets the people we need to be around. But the problem is this it shouldn't take a conference to bring people together like that. And, and, and it also shouldn't end that feeling of, of togetherness and to feeling like it's good to innovate. That feeling should not end when you leave the conference. So that's kind of my, my segue, my lead in to today's topic. And it's the topic about the Maverick teacher. So Maverick teacher, not, not Maverick from Top Gun, but Maverick teachers being those teachers who are trying brand new things every single day, who are trying to integrate technology in innovative and new ways to get students to be collaborative and, and have better communicative skills and, and, and to, to be able to just you know be great citizens towards one another with the implementation of technology. Those are maverick teachers. And, and once again, sometimes you know you, you're looked down upon as that person who's rocking the boat, who's trying new things. I, Kyle, I just want to know, have, have you experienced that feeling before or uh, have you experienced that, that thought that, that you're the weird one on campus because you're the one trying all these new things and then the majority of everybody else 
is not? Is that a normal feeling for us to be feeling? I would say that if you're listening to this, you probably are part of that mold. I definitely am. So when you gave me that context and started to make me realize what you were talking about with being the quote unquote, the weird one, I totally get it. I am definitely in that same boat, that one that we're trying to rock a little bit. So, I mean, the school that I'm at right now, I I consider myself as one of those. So there's lots of great teachers that I work with. There's lots of great teachers that are trying some different things, but there are moments where I feel like yeah, that I am that weird one that I'm trying these different things and I'm, I'm looked upon as being that weird one. So, and I've also had different places before where talking to teachers, I, I still distinctly remember one. I, I will not give any context where this was or who this person was, but I can remember this person saying at one point that they had not written a lesson plan in 15 years because they have it all planned out and they've been doing the same thing for 15 years. And I'm cringing right now remembering that conversation because that over that 15 years, how much has changed over that time? And if they're still doing the same thing, how effective is what they're doing? Maybe the content hasn't changed much. This was a social studies teacher. So U.S. history, for example, the content itself maybe necessarily has not changed, but the way we teach content and students learn content has changed dramatically in 15 years. So I definitely in that conversation was that weird one where trying different things and not doing the same thing year after year. There's times where I do this a similar activity, but... I don't do it the exact same way. I refine it and I cater it to the students that I currently have and try to remember back to what went right, what went wrong with it in the past and you know fix what went wrong and whatnot. So yeah, I definitely am one of those weird ones that you speak of. And, and you know, you know, listening to this, you know, it's the, the, the idea is, you know, when, when we as educators sign our contracts to be a teacher next year, like, hey, are you going to come back next year? Yes, I signed that contract. I'm going to be back this next year. It's not I'm going to be the exact same teacher I was next year. It's I promise to better myself, you know, uh, monthly, weekly, daily. I promise to learn something new. I promise to be a better teacher. So the year at the to the you at the end of each year is a different teacher than you at the beginning. And what that does is those little incremental changes to yourself in a year, that should add up. So after five years, the you five years from now or the you five years ago should be completely different. Your approach should be different. Your, your, what you're using should be different because the years constantly go by and change. And, you know, the, the, the idea is, is the same in, in business, in industry. If, if you don't evolve, if you don't change, your business is going to fall down, right? I mean, I, I think back to, to Blockbuster right? Blockbuster used to be this gigantic chain. They had brick and mortar mortar stores everywhere. And that's where people went to get movies. And yeah, you had the people that would also do the pay-per-view and get the movie, but people wanted to watch it over and over. So they would go to Blockbuster and it was a feeling, oh, Blockbuster is always going to be here. They're a a really strong brand. And then you got this maverick, right? This maverick called Netflix who goes, you know what? Instead of going to the store, how about you just come to a virtual store, pick which ones you want, and then we will shoot those over to you. That was a maverick thing. But Blockbuster always said, people are never going to want to stop going to a store. We're fine. 
Netflix is never going to overtake us. They don't have physical stores. And then Netflix started coming out with streaming and, and all these things and Blockbuster couldn't keep up because they were just thinking of the way things always have been done. And Blockbuster <clears throat> is now gone because they are unwilling to change with the times. If we as teachers are unwilling to change with the times, if we are unwilling to deliver in a way that our students need us to deliver, we are going to go extinct. So just like Blockbuster. So we have to constantly be changing. And that's the idea behind a maverick teacher. Constantly changing, constantly putting yourself out on a limb, constantly trying new things so that when you do find those two or three or four routines or four practices that work, you add those onto your repertoire. You add those into your tech toolbox. If you're not trying new things, how are you learning new things? And I, and I think that's the, the case with a Maverick teacher is not everything they do is going to work, but everything they do, they learn something new and that adds to their, adds to their self being a better teacher. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today is how do we, how do we lift up our Maverick teachers? How do we get them to get out of their funk? Meaning how do we get them to stop thinking that they are weird and, and how do we prop them up within our schools and districts to say, hey, look, you don't have to be exactly like this teacher, but hey, take them as as, as somebody that that you you know that you can try and 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 just become a better teacher because you're trying. So that's what I want to talk about today. Is is you know have we identified those maverick teachers? Are you that maverick teacher? And and how can we help you be lifted up on a daily basis rather than feel like you're just an outcast who's just kind of rocking the boat too many times? The one thing you mentioned is about how. Blockbuster went extinct because they were unwilling to change and that if teachers aren't willing to change, we're going to go extinct as well. But the beautiful thing is that while Blockbuster, they couldn't prevent that. It was going to happen regardless of what they did too little too late. Teachers can still change because Blockbuster, when they started to realize the market share that Netflix was taking from them and then one by one, their stores were closing down and then I don't recall if Blockbuster ever filed for bankruptcy and did any restructuring or if it was just a slow bleed to where eventually they all closed down. But they did try the mail order movie thing later on after Netflix had really started to cut into their business. And it was one of those deals where you could either go online and select your movies and Blockbuster would mail them to you or you could actually take the movies back to a physical store and still get movies there as well. So you could actually get the mail order ones and use the store one at the same time. It was kind of interchangeably. But again, it was one of those things where it was too little too late for Blockbuster by the time they realized what was going on and then eventually the slow demise. And then I believe it was about a year ago where that last one, it was somewhere in Oregon, I believe, was that last store. It finally closed down. So... But unlike Blockbuster, if you're one of those teachers that you haven't been changing and you haven't been willing to change much, you don't have to go the way of Blockbuster. There's lots of different things that you can do to build your toolbox and become one of those Mavericks and not be the Blockbuster that slowly disappears. You know, and that's what, and you know, and that's what we don't want to happen. And um, you know, I, I have a a moniker on my. Um, or a pen tweet on my profile that that I always put out there because you know I, I always try to identify you know what is causing some of our our more veteran teachers or or teachers who are, are used to doing things one particular way what causes 
many of them to not want to use technology. And it always, to me, it always comes back to fear. Uh, and, and, and so I always say, you know, what is this fear that we have of technology? Is it fear of change? Like things are going to constantly change so much that we're not going to be able to keep up. Is it fear of the technology itself? Like I can barely work my, my, my phone. You expect me to uh, work this one-to-one -one classroom? Is it, is it fear of the unknown? I don't know how to use these things. Fear of losing relevance. Like I was always the person that people would come to for help. If I don't know how to use this technology, they're not going to come for me for help anymore. Is that a fear they have? Is it fear of becoming obsolete? That teacher that is no longer on campus that people are like, oh, you're the most amazing teacher ever. But the idea that we always want to make sure teachers understand is the technology is just an enhancement of who you already are. The technology is just an enhancement of the lesson. It's something you add to make 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 the lesson do something that it wasn't possible without the utilization of technology. So you don't start with the technology and then create a lesson around it. You create the lesson and then you imp implement technology where it could enhance the lesson. And I always tell people if the if technology will not enhance this lesson, don't use it. But if teachers are fearful of that technology, they won't even dip their toe into it. And once again, it could come back to that fear of change, that fear of technology, the fear of the unknown. But I think a lot of the times it's the fear of losing relevance or the fear of be feeling they, they're going to become obsolete. If we don't keep up with this technology, then we're going to be obsolete. And it's not the idea of keeping up with technology, right? It's, a, it's, it's keeping up with being relevant to our students. That's the key fact to this. It's the you need to make sure that you are be remaining relevant to our kids. And if all we're doing is having them read out of a book and um, take notes physically with their hand and, and never train them how to, you know, be proper digital citizens or uh, organize in a digital realm, when they get to college, they're going to be lost um, because they, they don't have these necessary skills. And so making sure teachers understand that there, there doesn't need to be fear. Right. There just needs to be a little bit of, huh, I'm going to try this out or I'm going to follow that Maverick teacher and ask them some questions to see what I can add uh, to, to, to be a little bit more relevant or to not become obsolete. So I, I, I think, you know, it's, it's the, the Maverick's job on the campus is, is, is quite a big one. One is not to scare those teachers away, but two, being able to, to show some relevance to implementing this technology in the classroom. Absolutely. But and then building on that fear a little bit sometimes, too, is that we live in a world now where the current, the younger generation, they don't know a world without the technology. And there's the debate that many of our students are addicted to their technology. And if it's not moving at 100,000 miles an hour, then students aren't going to engage in it. And if we're going to use the technology in the classroom, that's just going to be an opportunity to be distracted by other things that are out there. So if you're working with a student on some sort of digital lesson on a Chromebook, for example, then what's to say that student's just going to blow that off and then go to YouTube and watch videos or whatever. And in with class sizes, 30, 35, how do you control a classroom with that many kids and try to keep them on task? And that, so there's that big debate there. So I think there's also that fear of, not being relevant to the students because they're just not going to be able to control students using technology. So a lot of teachers will just shut the technology out altogether and threaten to take phones away and all of that and then just stick their faces in a book with a worksheet of sorts to try Absolutely. to prevent that kind of thing from happening. 
Yep. And, and, you know, a lot of times it can be like that safety blanket, right? It's, you know, fall back to what, you know, uh, to regain control. So you're right. If, if, if kids are constantly off task with their devices, if they're constantly off task on their one-to-one devices, the schools are providing, the teachers are going to say, well, shut those devices down. We're going to go back to the way I've always done it because I have more control. But the problem with that is, here's the reverse. Here's the problem with that is if they are off task now, Right. If they're if they have are having trouble identifying when they should be paying attention and when they're being off task, which they're going to have because, um, um, you know, perseverance and, and, and uh, you know, keeping on on task of things is a learned uh, a learned skill. It's not something they're just going to get. If you don't train them in, in high school, then imagine what's going to happen to them in, in college. And we can't ask tell ourselves as teachers, well, it's my responsibility to get them up on skills they need now not when they get to college. That's completely wrong. If, if, you, if we know they're going to be utilizing devices in college, and we know right now that they don't have the necessary skills to remain on task, we have to constantly be using the devices to find ways to remind them to stay on task. And, and I know some people may be going, no, that's not our job to keep. It, it, it kind of is our job because we know at home, most of the parents just let them get on their devices, you know, just, you know, go, okay, go ahead and get on your device. For us, we have to remind them, now's the time to pay attention. Now's the time to take notes. Now's the time to be looking at this website. We need to train them on this learned skill of maintaining focus with their devices. Because on their own, they live in a, a constant world of gratification, instant gratification. I don't like this video, next. I don't like this picture, next. I don't like this article, next. And so if they're reading something you gave them and they don't like it, they're in their mindset, okay, I'm going to go off to my something that's going to make me happy. We have to train them in the classroom. You can't go next. You have to read this article. You have to do this activity. No. So, so it's, you know, that's a very important skill we have to train our kids on. And if we just throw our hands up in the air and be like, you know what, I'm going to just not even worry about this, then we're, we're, uh, we're taking away an opportunity when they get to college to have that skill of being on task. And another aspect of being a maverick teacher is knowing what you struggle with in regards to your classroom, your classroom management, your technology skills, et cetera, et cetera. By no means, I don't want to put out some sort of vibe that I'm an expert at keeping all my kids on task and creating the most riveting, engaging lessons of all time. I struggle with this myself. I put together lessons at times that I think are absolutely amazing. They are content rich. They are rigorous. They engage students with technology. And then you get into the classroom and it's time for execution that lesson. And three quarters of the class is uninterested and completely disengaged. And it's a constant battle to try to get students engaged in lessons. So I am not an expert by any means. I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert at any of this stuff. But again, going back to what is a Maverick teacher, it's admitting when you know you struggle with something. So this is a conversation that I like to have with my colleagues about, you know, when I'm teaching this topic right here, what do you do in order to try to engage your students? What kind of activities are you doing? Because frankly, the activity that I thought was amazing, it just, it did not hook them. And I don't know, I don't know what else to do at this point. So what are you doing in your classroom that's engaging students? How are you getting your message across to students? So if you are one of those people that's willing to do that, to talk with your colleagues and plan with them, that is another aspect of being a Maverick teacher. 
No, and I, and I agree 100%. You know, sharing is caring, right? You always hear that, but sharing is very important. And, and, and um, you know, a lot of Maverick teachers, a lot of teachers who feel like they're doing it alone, they feel like it is a lot of work. And, and sometimes they go, well, it is a lot of work for me to learn all this stuff. Should I really expect my fellow teachers to, to go through all this as well? But the cool thing about it is as you, you as a Maverick teacher, you know, you can help iron out the kinks and everything before you present it to your group. Um, you, you can um, showcase for them, you know, at, at PDs, some, you know, some little things that you have done, something that's not going to take a lot of work to learn. You know, if you go back to our episode, Kyle, on budget outlets, meaning um, tools and techniques and routines that don't take a lot of time. So it's, 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 it's a budget on your time and, and learning factor, but an outlet for kids to showcase their knowledge. Those are things that can really get teachers involved in technology right off the bat because they realize, oh, it really isn't that hard to implement these things. Um, and, and another thing is, you know, even if you do share, and, and this is a, you know, something I want to share with my fellow Mavericks, even if you do share at school and, and you're not, it's not being re reciprocated or it's, it's not working out and people are just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's just you. That's why it's, it comes easy to you, you know, share it on Twitter, you know, share, just share your ideas out on Twitter. Cause there's going to be teachers who will be like, oh, that may, that may work. Or, oh, I want to, can I have that lesson plan? I want to try this out in my class. Yeah, at least you can be, you know, go to Twitter and share out and, and get people to be like, oh, yeah, it, this does work. So even if your physical friends aren't trying it, you can have your Twitter friends get on there and try it. That's a, that's a good way to keep up your momentum as a Maverick teacher instead of, you know, kind of feel deflated every time you want to share something and people are like, eh, I don't think I'm going to do that. So share, share, share. Um, because we always say, you know, if you're if you're doing technology alone, you're doing it wrong. You always need a partner. You always need a team because many hands make light work. And the more people who are contributing uh, to the technology and to the to the greater good of the group, the less work it actually becomes on you. That's why we always tell people, hey, if you don't have a Google Classroom for your department or you don't have a Google Classroom for your PLN or PLC, you're making work too hard because you know if, if you share some of your great works to those Google Classrooms, then other teachers can just use them by just a, hey, I'm gonna reuse this activity or I'm gonna reuse this assignment. So share out, use your use your tools that helps the collaboration process. Uh, and Mavericks, even if your teachers don't reciprocate, keep sharing on those Google Classrooms because hopefully eventually they'll find one that they like and they'll try it and then they'll come back for you for more. Uh, kind of like Kyle, like on one of the episodes on um, on utilizing pop culture, to better ourselves. We talked about utilizing green eggs and ham, that book to get teachers involved. And that's instead of giving up, try a different place or a different activity or a different option for them to try. Eventually, hopefully they'll say, okay, fine, I'll try it. So that's the idea of being a Maverick teacher, constantly, constantly um, sharing, constantly giving until you finally get those teachers to join your tribe. And another aspect, too, is constantly growing and not relying on others for your professional growth. So I actually just wrote a blog post called DIY Professional Development, and it, it kind of built off another post that I wrote about a month ago about how punk rock can really shape us as educators and the different attitudes of punk rock and other aspects, how we can become better teachers by embracing punk culture. So, and one of those aspects is a DIY attitude, doing it yourself. So, and I likened it to how punk rockers, when it comes to their apparel, 
a jean jacket with patches on it, but not necessarily going out and getting them sewn on, either sewn on themselves or using just safety pins to pin them on. And then bands, how they used to, they would record their own albums and then create their own liner notes, get them copied, sit and fold them into the cassette cases going back to the 90s there with the cassette cases and then CD cases and then or now you know vinyl is making a comeback so you've got different bands that just doing everything themselves and then setting up their own shows and all that great stuff so and shout out to Mike Earnshaw and Josh Buckley so I I connected with those guys a while back they host a podcast called Punk Rock Classrooms and I wrote that blog post and was introduced to those guys and it's it's opened up a world of something I didn't even know existed people that love punk rock and and try to in, implement punk rock attitudes into education. But in my current blog post, DIY Professional Development, I talk a lot about not sitting back and just relying on the mandatory trainings that your school puts on. Because let's face it, those mandatory trainings, how often do you sit in one of those and actually get something out of it? It's one of those deals where a lot of times it's somebody coming in and already rehashing something that you already have hammered into you on a daily basis anyway. Or my absolute favorite, and I wrote this in the blog post too, is you go in and you've got a guest speaker that's going to present to you for seven hours. They're going to lecture you with slide decks for seven hours and they're going to tell you, lecture doesn't work for our students. We have to be more innovative than that. So those are the ones you tune out and you don't get anything out of them. So how do you professionally grow without relying just on those mandatory trainings that you're not going to get much out of anyway. This is where that DIY attitude comes in, where you get on Twitter, you listen to podcasts, you you write blogs and read blogs, you go to conferences, and that's another aspect of being that maverick teacher is having a passion and desire to grow professionally and finding innovative ways to become a, grow as a professional. So, and then... You going back to what you were saying about share, 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 taking what you've learned, trying things, and then sharing it out. So I mentioned that blog post too, that you read the blogs, now write one. You listen to podcasts, create one, and share out the different things that you're learning. So you know, making those connections with people on social media, or now like you and I, we met on social media, and now you know, even though we live five hours apart, we see each other on, I would say, a relatively regular basis now because of different things that we're going to and we're presenting together at. Make those connections and become more of a maverick with those connections and the different ways that you can do your professional development yourself instead of relying on somebody else. Yeah, and, and you know, that's that's dead on, Kyle. I mean, you we, we I know we have a lot of teachers out there that maybe won't consider themselves maverick, but you are trying new things in your classroom and you are you are getting some great results. You know, I, I encourage you to share out what you're doing, share out, you know, present at conferences because a lot of times we have this idea in our head, like, well, if I'm doing it, surely everybody else is doing this, or I surely can't be the first one to have discovered this hack or routine. If I, I don't need to share it out, I'm sure somebody else has shared it out. We, we all come up with those all the time. Um, and so I, I think, if, if it's new to you, share it out. Um, even if somebody else in the past has done it, maybe they didn't share it out, number one. Or number two, maybe some people who follow you on social media have never seen it before. So that's so your introduction is their first introduction. Just constantly share out. That's what I want to say is, you know, not, not necessarily share out like 
you know, um, like, oh, today was the greatest day of my classroom today. I made all my kids smile. You know, not necessarily those posts, but like, hey, we tried this activity out. This is what we did. This is the routine. This is where it was hard and we got over this this difficulty. Those are things that teachers love, like authentic, uh, truthful um, reflections on your lessons because it really helps teachers learn how to do new things. And they may be excited by your post and go off and try it. So I am constantly saying share, share, share. Even if you don't think it's something important, even if you think it's something that's already been identified, still share because you're still going to help somebody out. For sure. And, you know, I look at my blog where I've written, you know, well over 100 different posts now over the course of the last few years. And some of them, it's more of just, you know, reflection, whatever. And it gets a few reads, doesn't doesn't really take off, whatever. But then I have quite a few other posts where, They've really taken off where I, I don't I don't write the blog for the numbers on of clicks or anything like that. But it is kind of cool to log into my blog site every now and then and see that I have a post that now there are some bloggers out there where this is, you know, small potatoes. But I have a post that I wrote now over a almost a year ago at this point, And it's gotten like 11,000 clicks. It is still getting upwards of like 200 clicks a week on it. And I'm not sure what really took off on that. It was it was actually a philosophy edu of education I wrote for my master's program and I turned it into a blog post and it really took off. But then I've got some other posts out there that ones on Chrome extensions or what I did one on Paradex extension for Microsoft PowerPoint and there's all these different posts now that I have thousands of clicks on them. And again, I'm not writing these things for the clicks, but it's really cool to see that something that I am doing or I'm passionate about that there's other people that are interested in it as well. So like you were saying about the whole, there's got to be other people doing this as well. That may be the case, but are all those people sharing out too? Okay. Some of those people, they, I, there's a lot of people out there that I'm sure are, have all sorts of great ideas doing amazing things and you'd never know because they don't share. So, and I wouldn't consider that person a maverick because they're not sharing. So I encourage anybody that has an idea, whether you feel it's a good idea or not, share it out because somebody is going to get some sort of gratification or they're going to learn something from whatever you have to share. So, and again, it's not about the clicks, it's not about the likes, but there is some sort of satisfaction that I will get when I see that somebody appreciates the things that I'm putting out there. Yeah, and and Kyle, I I I agree with you to the point where you know everything you said, especially if you're not sharing things out, you really aren't a maverick teacher. You're just a lone wolf, because a maverick teacher is one who believes in what they're doing to the point where they feel they have to share out, and 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 they have to share out even if they're told no, right? So let me give you an example, and we'll go back to kind of the PD days that you were talking about. Like if, if you if you're a Maverick teacher and you go up to your administrators and be like, hey, look, there's this great new technology or this great new routine or this great new edge of protocol that that I found or came up with. Um, and I think the rest of the staff would benefit from it. I would love to present this. And the staff can either say yes. OK, at our next staff meeting, go ahead. You get five, 10 minutes to present it, which, by the way, is never enough time. <laughs> if, if, if whenever you talk to your administrators, they oh, you can have five or 10 minutes during our 30 minute staff day. To, you know, it's like, well, I'm going to go through that super fast and it's not going to seem easy and people are never going to use it because of five, five or 10 minute thing. But that's neither here nor there. 
let's say you ask your administrators if you could present this. Yeah, you get five or 10 minutes. And then they come up to you and say, you know what? Everything else we're doing, it's kind of going over. So we're going to push your PD off until the next staff meeting. And it keeps getting pushed off, right? That happened to me all the time. Whether they gave me five minutes and it wasn't enough time and nobody used it because it was so fast or my, my presentations would always be pushed off. Oh, next week. Oh, next week. Oh, next week. So my idea was, okay, well, if I was trying to present on Pear Deck, then instead of me presenting on Pear Deck, how about I help the administrators present all their information through Pear Deck? And hopefully people are like, oh, what is this tool you're using? That sounds like something I can use in my classroom. Integrate the tech into your administrator's PD, right? Kind of a back door. That was a way that I started getting more technology out into the front of my teachers. That, once again, Maverick teaching, not ending it where they say you don't have PD, not ending it where you're like five or 10 minutes is not enough time. Keep finding ways to get your ideas out there. And that was one way that I, I, I felt. So never take no for an answer. Always keep pushing. And and let me let me tell you, that can put a uh, that, that can put a, a bullseye on your back, though. Right. Not only from your fellow teachers, like, well, how come they're constantly trying to get things in? But also from administrators who are possibly like, how come this person is so pushy? How come this person? Is... But you have to keep pushing. You have to keep pushing. And I want to I want to read a quick excerpt from a blog that I wrote a while back. And this blog is called Save the Mavericks. And I'll make sure I have the link to this blog um, in uh, in our show notes. And you can also find it on sonsoftechnology.com. And I was telling my buddy Ron about this story of, of, of Maverick teachers and how, you know, you have these teachers who are trying to make a difference, but, you know, they're, they're looked upon on troublemakers or they're rocking the boat. Um, so I asked him about this and he goes, that's so funny. Um, an admiral from the Navy just sent an all-hands email out to the entire uh, uh, Navy in, in San Diego um, about the need to protect our Mavericks. I go, really? I go, let me, let me, can you forward that to me? So he did. So here's an excerpt from it. So um, this admiral from the Navy starts off with a story. And he talks about how back in the 50s, they were doing tests on monkeys. And so what they did was they put five monkeys in a room with a ladder. And above the ladder was a whole bunch of bananas, stereotypical, I know, but they have bananas up there. And so the monkeys go, oh, there's bananas. So, um, you know, they, they climb up the ladder and just before they reach for the bananas, they get shot with water. And so the monkeys climb down. And so another monkey tries it, gets shot with water. And so they do this for about, you know, three days. So no monkeys want to climb the ladder. And so they take one of the original five monkeys out and bring in a new monkey. And this monkey's seen all these other monkeys sitting in the corner, not doing anything. And then he looks at the ladder and looks at the, the bananas and goes, why is nobody going after these bananas? Right? This is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. So he goes, okay. So he starts climbing up the ladder. And without any water being shot at him, the other four monkeys tackle him because they know what's coming. And then they remove another monkey. So now there's only three original and two new monkeys. And the other three tackle the new one. And then eventually all the monkeys that were original who saw the water come out to spray, every time they'd climb, they'd try to get the, they would try to get the um, bananas. They would get sprayed. All of those monkeys are gone now. But no, uh, none of the new monkeys will even attempt to go and reach the bananas because they've always been taught, don't climb the ladder. Don't reach up. They don't know why, 
They don't know the water will come and spray them. All they know is don't climb the ladder, don't reach for the bananas. Because of this learned behavior, you lose the ideas, you lose the innovation of the monkeys trying to figure out alternative ways to reach the bananas. Or, hey, why do we have to even climb the ladder here? Why can't we move the ladder? So you're losing out on this idea makers, and that's what they call the mavericks. If you constantly have this idea of constantly telling your mavericks no, or constantly telling your mavericks that's not the way we do it, or constantly telling your mavericks no, that's not the way we've done things around here for years, stop trying to change things. If we keep doing that to mavericks, we're never going to get the changes. And, And this admiral says that, Mavericks are essential to moving organizations forward and enabling jumps in improvement, not just little steps. And unfortunately, this can cause internal friction, which will uh, quickly excite the autoimmune system within an organization to quickly root out and get rid of these mavericks who are causing disruption to the system. And he says, we cannot let this happen. We cannot root out our Mavericks. We need them to change. We need them to be leaders. We need them for the next generation. And if we are not allowing the Mavericks to thrive, then we are just destroying the future of any moving forward of an organization. And when he sent me that email, I'm like, that is absolutely true, right? We we do see these new people with new ideas sometimes get get riddled upon by, by either, uh, you know, people that are higher up than them or, or people that are like, hey, you're new here. Stop trying to change this or stop rocking the boat. And that can feel bad, right? That can actually make a maverick revert back to their old self. We cannot let that happen. If you believe in what you're doing, if you believe that you're making a difference, if you believe that the technology integration you're doing in your classroom has enhanced the lives of your kids, enhanced the feedback cycle to get those kids who are low back up to high, if you believe the technology is beneficial to your kids, keep doing it, keep pushing it, keep sharing it, keep moving it. Do not stop even when people are telling you you're wrong or you're weird and you're not doing it right. Do not stop. And, and what I'm telling you is you're going to get hurt. You're going to get pushback. You may have to switch districts a few times, but you cannot let other people stagnate what you believe as the truth. That's what a true maverick does. You have to keep moving forward. And I say this to you as an example. I, I was removed from a position because I kept pushing forward. And I was told by the person who released me, you're, you're, you're doing too much. You know too much. And the teachers don't want to do as much as the other school that you've helped. Meaning this other school is doing so much with technology, they're fearful that you're going to make them do the same thing. And, and instead of coming up with a plan on how to slowly integrate the technology into this new school, they just flat out said, we don't want to try these new things. We're not going to ask you back. And it's, it's, it's strange and it hurts, but I did not let it, I did not let it flatten me. I did not let it push me. I am keeping myself moving forward, trying new things, coming up with different routines, and constantly sharing it out regardless of what happened to me in the past. And you'll be okay just as, as I am okay. We just have to keep moving forward. We need you. We need Mavericks. Instead of knocking them down, let's lift them up. And we can only do that together as a group, which, Kyle, which is why I love Q, because I get to be with my Maverick crew 
um, during that entirety of the thing. It just really lifts me up, fills my cup up, and lets me go back out there with a full set of steam, willing to make a difference constantly every single day. And going off of everything you said, which was just mesmerizing, by the way, that story about the monkeys with the bananas, that, that, that's um, really interesting how, how that worked out um, with that whole experiment. So, But tying that back to the whole punk rock attitude a little bit as well, very similar, the Maverick teacher keep on pushing forward, trying things and you know getting burned in the process. That's another aspect of punk rock is that whole quote unquote sticking it to the man. You know, fighting the status quo where just, you know, if you listen to punk, so many lyrics are criticizing, you know, the government or aspects of society that they feel are wrong, just kind of sticking it to everybody. And then you look at the punk rockers that had that attitude back in the day, but now how many of them are teachers? How many of them are CEOs of companies? How many of them are high up in the military? My buddy Ben, one of his best friends uh, that was part of his uh, punk band, Back in the 1980s, he is a captain in the United States Army as a U.S. Army Ranger at this point. And the whole attitude was, I wanted to fight it from within. And that's kind of what we need to do as Maverick teachers as well, is when there's something that we don't agree with, or if we feel like things aren't moving forward the way that they should be, we have to fight it from within and, and buck the status quo, much like the punkers do. And and just bring that attitude and bring it to people to try to convince them that this is the way it should be. And like you said, some people, they're not going to embrace the punk. They're just going to continue listening to whatever they are. And not in a literal sense here, although maybe maybe a literal sense. But if you have to move on somewhere else, become part of another scene in order to try to bring that punk attitude and breaking that status quo, you may have to do that. You had to do that. I've done that in the past where I've moved on somewhere else because I just was not in a place where I felt appreciated. I felt that what I was doing was making a difference. I didn't feel like things were moving forward. So wherever you're at, bring that status quo breaking attitude, that punk attitude, tie that into being the maverick teacher that you are to start moving things forward. And, and also think, you know, once again, don't let any situation drag you down. That's number one. Um, and 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 Kyle, you you you've been in in districts or or schools that, you know, you probably didn't feel appreciated, and then you probably moved, and then you know you see that that things could be different. So never stop. And and if you think you're underappreciated, figure out a way to talk to your administrators and be like, look, I think I can really benefit this school. I think I can really benefit, and just talk about it. And if they still feel you know, like, like they're not willing to give you that chance of being leader or being a chance to be that person on campus to make that change, then you might have to start looking elsewhere. And I know that's difficult because you, you know, when you have a home district and you feel like you're going to start and retire in this same district, you know, and thinking about moving is very distracting and it can be distraughtful to you. But sometimes just to keep your sanity, you do have to move along forward. And, and I, I want you to know that you're in good company. Um, I'm not going to name the district, but I want you to know, did you know there's a, a single district that used to have John Carippo, Alice Keeler, and myself all working for it, and, and, and they are no longer working at that singular district? And that's not to say, say the district is bad. It's just to say that, you know, massive changes, right, at that moment were seen as destructful to the organization. And so they weeded out what they felt was destructful. Um, 
and, and I'm not speaking for, for John or Alice, but you know, for myself, that's the way that, that I felt at that point. And then that's, once again, if, if anybody's listening and you're putting some of these blocks together and you go, I know what district you're talking about, number one, please don't post the district. But number two, I don't feel angry at the district. I don't feel angry at anybody. I feel that they weren't ready at that point on what I was trying to do. They probably weren't ready for what John or Alice were trying to do. That's not saying the district is bad. It's just saying they weren't ready for it. So we had to move on to make sure that that we don't we weren't feeling, you know, like that maverick idea was being stifled. We needed to move forward. We needed to keep trying. We needed to keep connecting. And we were trying to figure out ways to connect with more people. And that's what we ended up doing. So know that that don't let anything, anything stifle your maverick attitude. Don't let anybody tell you that you're weird. Don't let anybody tell you that you're the problem, not everybody else. Okay, because you need to keep moving forward because we all know that sometimes districts need to move in leaps, not itty bits. And and sometimes it takes us to throw out this big grand idea that may fall flat on its face, but at least we're putting it out there. Um, so just know that you're not alone and that, that the thoughts you've had are not the first time anybody's had those thoughts. And um, just know that you are amazing and that you are doing amazing things for kids. And as long as you're sharing it out and as long as you keep moving forward, that's all we can ask. So thank you so much for being a Maverick. You know, so all of you listening, Kyle, thank you so much for being a Maverick, you know, for all the things that you do. So just keep that in mind, right? Just keep that in mind. Uh, sometimes it just takes the right timing for the right person to be in the right district. Simple as that, right? It's not saying you're the one that's the problem. It's not saying the district is the one that's the problem. Sometimes it's timing. That's a problem. So just know that you will end up in the place you're meant to end up. Just don't make yourself feel bad. Don't make yourself feel lonely. Find your tribe, find your people, and keep moving forward and keep sharing. That's what you have to do. Joe, I'm going to take a moment and do a shameless plug for my book because it's very closely related to what you're saying here. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. So my book, To the Edge, Successes and Failures Through Risk-Taking, talks a lot about different times in my life where I have made a decision and taken a risk, not knowing what was going to happen, whether it was going to be good or bad. Sometimes it was amazing. Sometimes it was a raging dumpster fire. But the biggest thing I had to do was to learn from it and keep on pushing forward through it. And the whole premise of my book, it is about my life. It's about risk taking. But it's a, it was my way of trying to inspire other people to be risk takers as well. So you mentioned that you may have to move districts and that's a hard thing to do. I, I've done that in my life. I've moved schools. I've moved districts. I've moved across the country. I've moved across the state of Nevada. I've done a lot of different things where it's, it's not easy. And I'm not trying to say it was easy. But if you feel like you're stuck in a place and you're not making a difference and it's just bringing you down, sometimes you got to look at a situation and take that risk. And I'm hope, what I'm hoping is that from our words here today on this episode and when my book is available here very soon, I hope that you can read my words as well and take some inspiration to be more of a risk taker and to be more of a maverick. I don't mention the word maverick in my book, but just after this conversation today, there's so many parallels to what we talked about and my book. And I'm really hoping that you will get inspiration from both those things. And then, again, going back to the sharing part, sharing out 
your thoughts on what we've talked about here today, what my book is about, and sharing all the great things that you're doing as well. I really hope that we can really have a great conversation with a lot of different people in that regard. You know, and and I want the listeners to know because you know we've we've mentioned this a few times, but I want to make sure the listeners know this is the credo of the sons of technology, right? And we and we we talk about you know you know what we represent and, and who we are, and you know uh, people always see the sons and think it's you know uh, they, they 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 think oh you're talking about you know this is a just a take on sons of anarchy or you know it's only a, a boys club the girls can't join. It's absolutely in, in, untrue. Right, because our messaging comes from another book, right? The Bible. So one Thessalonians five five to eleven, it says, "You are the sons of light and daughters of day. So let us not sleepwalk through this life like others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart." That's talking about you being a maverick. Let's not walk through it as those monkeys did, just saying, "You know what? I'm not going to try because nobody's trying." You have to push through, because your eyes are open, because you are smart. You know learning things that are new are going to make you better for your kids. Keep our eyes open and let us be smart. But also we are always constantly speaking encouraging words to one another. We are building up hope because we are all in this together. We will leave no one out. We will leave no one behind. And we know that you are already doing this. Every single one of you listening, we know that you are already doing this. Just keep on doing it. And that is the big part to the end. Even if it's hard, even if it makes you sad, even if it feels like nobody's following you, even if it feels like you are a lone person on an island, just keep on doing it. You will break through. You will make a difference. You are a maverick because the moment you stop just keeping on doing it, the moment you stop doing it is the moment you let you let things stagnate. We need you to keep moving on. We need you to keep on doing it. If you do, you are truly a member of the Sons of Technology. You are truly a member of the EdTech Army. We cannot leave anybody behind. And even if they are not ready to hear what you want to say, say it anyways. Because you never know the right time, the right place, the right person, the right words can truly make a difference in anybody's lives, whether it's a teacher's life or student's lives. So just keep on doing it. And we would love for you to pledge your allegiance to the EdTech Army. We have in our show notes of this episode and all of our episodes, we have a link to an activity in Flipgrid where we would love for you to come on, introduce yourself, where you're from, and declare that you are a member of the EdTech Army. And we will share that at the beginning of the episode if you do so. Excellent. So thank you everybody for listening today. Thank you for everybody for pushing the boundaries and getting out there and innovating and pushing your fellow teachers forward. Thank you for sharing out. Thank you for leaving nobody behind. Thank you for all the innovation that you do. Thank you for everything you do for our kids. And as always, thank you from the bottom of our hearts for choosing to become a teacher. Thank you. And we'll see you next time.